Welcome to The Advance, a podcast on moving towards Christ-like maturity. This podcast takes time to look at how we can posture ourselves to grow in our walk with Christ. It would really help me out if you could share it with your friends and take some time to review it on whatever platform you are either viewing it or hearing it on. Thank you so much and be blessed today. Hello everyone and welcome to the Advanced Podcast. My name is Donovan Byer. I'm a pastor in Edmonton, Alberta, and I am so honored that you have chosen to join me for this this journey in becoming like Christ, in posturing ourselves in different practices that enable us and empower us to become like Jesus. Today, I'm really excited about uh, the interview that you're going to be able to hear. I had a great conversation with my friend Chris Frost. He's a Christian life coach and he has such a heart for seeing people transformed as they hear the voice of Jesus. And uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But before we get to that, um, we're over a month now into the self-isolation requirements the government's put on us in light of COVID-19. And one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is how do we actually... um, how do we actually continue to make our spiritual walk with God a priority? I think it can be really easy at this point to, to kind of just get stuck in um, the mundaneness of the everyday, right? I don't know about you, but I have uh, two young kids at home and, and I know that in a lot of moments in my day, I feel quite, um, I don't know what the word, you feel almost like, what's the point? Or every day kind of you just get to the end of the day. That can be the temptation. But uh, rather than thinking about uh what we're going through now is mundane. I want us to think about how we can see God in the midst of everything that we're doing. An exercise that I like to do when I'm teaching, and I don't, uh, I know most of you are going to be hearing this and not seeing it, so I, I won't draw it for you today. But uh, an exercise that I like to do is I like to ask people that I'm teaching, what are some of the most, uh, what are some of the things in your life that take up the most time? And we get all sorts of answers. You know, you, you get family, you get, um, you get sports, you get, media and technology you get um, things like uh, hanging out with friends things like um, time alone things like um, eating uh, things like that right all these different things make up our life and so I asked the question so where does God fit into that where where does Jesus in the gospel fit into that and um, because the reality is that that oftentimes what can happen is if you put these things in a circle Um, gospel, truth, church, all of these things can usually just end up being one of those things in the midst of everything else that we have going on in our lives. But what I encourage people is that I don't think that's what God's inviting us into, that our relationship with him, that the church is just another thing that we do in the midst of everything else that we have going on. No, rather, I I propose that the gospel, that church needs to be at the center of what we do, that our walk with Christ, our life with Christ is actually at the center and impacts and influences everything else that we do in our lives. So our relationship with God impacts uh, the media that we watch, the technology that we consume. It impacts how we eat. It impacts how we exercise. It impacts the types of relationships that we have and how we prioritize those relationships. It impacts every area of our lives. Um, that's what, what I like to call being Christ-centered. And in this season where, again, many of the, the superfluous extra things in our life have kind of been stripped away, um, I think God may be inviting us into really focusing in on what does it look like for Christ to be at the center of my life? What does it look like for him to speak into everything that I'm doing, to reveal himself 
in the different areas of my life that I may not be able to see him in otherwise. And I really want to encourage you, friends, to, uh, to, to maybe write down those things in your life that, um, that take up a lot of your time, uh, things that you would value, things that, that are more than just idealistic, but what actually takes up your time? And then say, what does it look like if I'm approaching this through the lens of the gospel, if I'm approaching this with Christ at the center? Um, so yeah, let's just take a really tangible example like the media and technology that we consume. I think it's really easy in a season like this um, binge watching has kind of become the new normal, right? Like, what are you watching now is the new question that people are asking. And, um, and so if we're, if we're approaching our media and our technology, uh, in light of Christ centeredness, in light of how the gospel impacts and influences what we do, then we have, we, we have to ask a few questions about our media and technology use. First off is, am I, am I spending an appropriate amount of time consuming this media? Uh, I think it's really easy to spend way more time than we expect. I don't know about you, but since self-isolation, my screen time reports on my iPad and iPhone have not been very positive. They've been quite extreme, but a majority of that time has been spent on Zoom or doing things like this podcast. But the reality is that we, we've been spending so much more time on technology. And, and is it worth the time that we're spending? Uh, is it worth the time that we're spending, first off? The second question is, who is this uh, media... Um, how is this media forming me? Who is this media forming me to become? And so is it glorifying God? Uh, Philippians 4, 8 says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, um, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Is the media that I'm consuming, does it help us to think about whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is true? Or does it cause our minds to go in another direction and, and think about things that are not honoring and glorifying to God? Because the reality is everything we consume actually forms us. And that's part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is to hopefully give you things that, that will form you in a positive way into Christ's likeness uh, rather than in other ways. And so it's important to be thinking about how we're being formed by the media that we consume. Um, and another question that it might be be worth asking as you think about media and technology is, um, so the first question is, is this worth the time? The second question is, um, who is this forming me to become? And uh, the final question is, um, is what, yeah, what of my values is, uh, is reflected in the choices that I make in technology? And so if I'm valuing family and time with family, then, um, then I definitely wouldn't want to spend time more time watching TV than, than with my family, right? Um, or if one of my values is, is Christ-likeness, then, then what I'm consuming should be a reflection of that value. And so is what I'm consuming a reflection of my values or what I would say my values are? And so that's just one example. So I encourage you just write down different things that take up your time, especially in this season. And, uh, and then say, what does it look like to see this through the lens of, of Christ-centeredness? So again, it's Christ at the center, everything else we do around so that Christ impacts and influences everything that we do, right? Um, and so one of the reasons I want to bring that up today is because we're talking about hearing God's voice. Now, we live in a world where there are so many different voices that speak to us. There's so many different things that seek our attention. There's so many different voices that want us to spend money, that want us to, um, to, to basically become like this so that we would either consume something or whatever it is. We, we just live in a world where we are overwhelmed with noise. We're overwhelmed with voices. We're overwhelmed with, um, with just so much going on around us. 
And the invitation of the gospel is to hear and to know God's voice. Uh, one of the realities, or sorry, one of the invitations of the gospel is to hear and know a God who wants to be in relationship with us. It's not just us talking to God. It's, it's a relationship. Uh, we're going to talk in this interview about how the two main metaphors through scripture of our relationship with God, there's a bunch of them, but two of the main ones are uh, God is, we are like the bride of Christ. That's one of the metaphors. And the other metaphor is we are sons and daughters of God. And so the reality is there's a lot of different um, implications of that. But the biggest one is that God is primarily about relationship. And so how do we actually, in the midst of all the noise and all the voices that we're hearing, how do we focus and tune ourselves into the voice of God? How do we how do we realize his voice above the other voices? And even above the voice uh of um of our old selves or our old nature which often is seeking to uh to influence us um and so we're going to talk about that in this interview today but again before i do that i love to give recommendations and this week i have a couple different recommendations and these books were really formational for me um just to give you some context i'm a baptist pastor um but I, I have a very <laughs> interesting kind of story, and I'm gonna I'm sure I'm gonna share it in more detail in the weeks and months, even years to come with this podcast. But the reality is that um, a lot of people wouldn't put me in a box of Baptist, um, and and I don't really like denominational boxes anyways. And so if you're looking for this podcast just for good Baptist theology, I mean, I'll I'll be honest, like it will. I believe that that I reflect that as far as I believe the Apostles' Creed and what it teaches, but some of the preconceptions about Baptist as in like not open to the Holy Spirit or not open to the gifts of the Spirit. I don't fit that box. Um, and so part of the reason is because I, ever since I was little, I've had such a desire to know Jesus. And, and my prayer has always been, God, I want whatever you have for me. I don't really, I don't really care what kind of box it comes in. I don't really care what it looks like. I just want whatever you have for me. And throughout my life, I've constantly sought out um, how to grow in experiencing God. Um, not just knowing more about God in my head. I've always sought that. That's really important. But actually experiencing God in my heart and being open to things like healing and things like the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so, again, I don't fit the boxes uh, necessarily. And I think part of that is because I've always had this desire to to know more. I've, I, I've realized that I'm never going to fully arrive in my walk with God. And so um, this radical openness, I think, has led me into, yeah, it's, it's led me down some, to some things that maybe I went too far in some areas. Um, but as I've learned and grown more, I've, I've kind of become more aware of the truth and of who God is in that way. But in the same time, it's really, um, yeah, it's really just helped me to uh, just realize the fruit of deep hunger for God. Because uh, throughout the scriptures, we just keep seeing this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be satisfied. In the Psalms, over and over again, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. There's no one better than you. Your love is better than life. Um, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. I, I want that to actually be the reality of my heart. And so um, and so that's my prayer before God. And, and I encourage you today, maybe just if you don't feel that hunger, if you don't feel that um, that passion for Jesus, just ask the Holy Spirit to start to birth that in you again. Um, one of the signs of sickness is lack of hunger. Um if we're not hungry physically, then that's usually a sign of sickness. And so I think spiritually, it's the same thing. If we're not hungry for God, maybe there's some sickness in us that he wants to heal. But anyways, two books that I read when I was a lot younger, I would have been in high school or just 
graduated from high school that really helped kind of grow me in this area. The first one is called uh, Surprised by the Power of the Spirit by Jack Deere. This book is uh, the story of a, um, he's a, he was a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, which is a, a place that is kind of well known for its, um, I don't want to bash them, but um, well known for their, what they're against rather than what they're for. Um, very cessationist so they believe the holy spirit is not operational in in the gifts and in things like prophecy and healing anymore and uh, so he was a professor at that school and god radically moved in his life and um, it's kind of his story but also as he wrestled with these things are they real are they from god the process that he went through and uh, just some amazing things in this book Um, just read some of the chapter titles Um, things like um, were miracles meant to be temporary why does God heal? The real reason Christians do not believe in the miraculous gifts. A passion for God, hearing God speak today. Just some amazing stuff in this book. And he even has a chapter on why God doesn't heal, which is uh, really, again, really helpful, as that can often be a big stumbling block for people as they seek to understand these things. Uh, the second book is called Passion for Jesus by Mike Bickle. This book is awesome. It's Mike Bickle's story. If you don't know who Mike Bickle is, he is the director of the International House of Prayer. Um, and his life is marked by radical pursuit of Jesus. And he's um, he's basically started a house of prayer where they pray 24 hours a day. And I think they have been now for, for years and years and years, just 24-7 nonstop. And um, just his life has made such a radical impact on so many. And his story is definitely worth reading. And again, if you want to know a little bit more about that book, he talks, not only does he share his testimony, uh, he also talks about things like um, why human zeal is not enough. Is your God too small? Uh, igniting holy passion, things like that. And so, yeah, I really encourage you to check out uh, Passion for Jesus by Mike Bickle and Pow- Surprised by the Power of the Spirit by Jack Deere. And so, yeah, with that, uh, I'm really excited to have my friend Chris uh, on the podcast today. He's going to let you know a bit more about himself. But before we get to that, um, the, the way that Chris talks about hearing God's voice is very practical and it's very uh, real and raw. And it has a lot to do with uh, understanding our how God wants to satisfy the deep desires in our hearts. And he shares a few stories from his own life and gets really vulnerable with uh, how some of the false things that he believed about himself and about God impacted his ability to hear God's voice and in, in one instance to even trust that his wife loved him. And so uh, it's a really powerful interview. I really encourage you to, op- to, to open your heart up. And if you have any questions, please ask them. Uh, please reach out to me and let me know if you have any questions. I'd love to connect with you. And, uh, and yeah, I just really encourage you today to, to take to heart this whole idea of hearing God's voice. Thank you, friends, and enjoy. Hey, Chris, how's it going? I'm good. How are you, Donovan? Doing really good. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, hop on the podcast today. I really look forward to what uh, you're going to be sharing with us. Um, yeah, so friends, this is Chris. Uh, I want to give you a little bit of time, Chris, to just introduce yourself, who you are, um, maybe a bit about your family, and then what you're currently doing, and then something you're passionate about. Something I'm passionate about. Okay, yeah. So yeah, a little bit about me. I've been married to my wife, Dominique, for it'll be 12 years this summer. Um, we have three kids. We have Daniela, she's seven, our son Drew, he's five, and Kezia just turned three um, last week. So we had a, a COVID birthday party with people stopping by and dropping stuff on the steps, but not being able to really visit. But I think she still felt like she was having a birthday party because she got presents 
all day, like a steady stream of presence. So she was pretty happy still. Um, and uh, what I do now is uh, I have a life coaching business. So I've been doing that for four years and, um, and also lead a series of workshops on, on how to hear God's voice and the different ways he speaks to us. And uh, before this, I was actually in the financial services industry for 11 years. So I worked with my dad there and had um, some spectacular business success and some spectacular business failures where everything <laughs> fell apart on us. And, um, and kind of through that, through everything falling apart, I ended up going to school in California and met a guy down there who's one of the top Christian life coaches in the world. His name is Tony Stoltzfus and just fell in love with what he did and how he did it. Um, in, in really bringing Jesus into difficult situations to have him speak to someone's heart and, um, and really helping them get unstuck. And so um, after interning with him, I'm like, you know what, this, this is what I wanna do. I love doing this. And, um, and so the workshops I do, he kind of created them and then I'm one of the, one of the facilitators. Um, and then, yeah, in that coaching, we just dive into helping people get unstuck in, uh, by bringing Jesus in to speak to those difficult areas. And then I think your other question is, what am I passionate about? Um, something that is really on my heart right now is riding my motorcycle because the snow is just melting and it's just getting warm enough outside. And so I've, I've been for a couple rides, um, but I see that this weekend is like it's supposed to get into double digits. And so I'm pretty excited. So like my two brother-in-laws and me have been texting and we're like okay yeah let's we're gonna go for a nice long ride on Sunday which will be great because it's a great way I feel like to social distance like we're not close to anyone you're not in anyone's face but you're out riding and so I am very excited to to get on my motorbike <laughs> oh I believe it I noticed uh looking at analytics there's some people have been tuning into the podcast from much warmer places and I think you know <laughs> those people <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely being in quarantine when it's so cold out is it's been tough there's literally not much to do here i know i talk i talk with people kind of all over on zoom and especially the people in you know california and stuff and we're like you know it's warmed up it's warmed up to plus two and people are out in shorts they're like plus two like that's crazy I'm like no, that is warm for us right now <laughs> it is warm it's all relative <laughs> it is absolutely yeah yeah and before we hop into more content here it's just a funny story about how you and i met because uh, i interviewed tj and his podcast just came up mm -hmm. a few days ago but um so chris and i met because tj was like oh you guys need to meet each other and show and so chris and i showed up at transcend one day and like neither of us knew each other at all or why we were meeting other than that tj told us to meet but it was really cool because i think god's really taken our friendship and not only have we been able to be a blessing to one another but i feel like we've been able to serve each other in our ministry areas and it's been really cool to see that yeah yeah absolutely so shout out to tj and i met tj because he friended me on facebook um he went to church with my brother and sister-in-law and so i didn't know him and i was like so i just messaged him i was like hey who are you yeah. and uh, and we went for coffee too and had a great conversation and then yeah so <laughs> So yeah, definitely God ordained. <laughs> very much so, yeah, it's very cool. Um, but yeah, before we hop into uh, talking more about coaching, hearing God's voice, all that sort of thing, I just, we're in an unprecedented time right now. And you and I have had a lot of conversations about what God may be up to. And I'd love for you to just share with our listeners today, what do you feel like God is up to in the midst of this COVID-19 crisis, both kind of on a grand scale, but also in your own life? What do you feel like God's up to right now? Yeah. Um, I feel like there's, there's a real opportunity here. Like whenever we, 
whenever we go through pain in life, um, it gives us an opportunity, right? Like if, even if you think individually, you're going through something painful, like um, someone passing away, like a heart attack or like what I shared a little bit, like a business failure, right? When our business failed, I had an opportunity to either run towards God or to run away from him. And so on a mass global scale, we have this huge opportunity. Are we going to run away from God? Are we going to remain indifferent or are we going to run to him? And so um, I think there's a real opportunity to, to grow in our relationship with him. And oftentimes when he takes us into these seasons, uh, and I'm thinking personally, but you know, it's happening on a large scale. When he takes us into these seasons where he kind of shuts down external productivity, right? That's happened pretty much for everybody where it's like, I can't do any of the things that I want to do. I can't spend time with the people I want to spend. It's just me. Uh, oftentimes what he's doing is he wants to do something inside of us. And so instead of asking the question, you know, what am I doing or what should, what should I be doing? God, just tell me what to do. I want to do something for you. Like, tell me how to serve, tell me what to do. Um, it might be more so that he's wanting to do something inside of you. And so a better question might be, okay, um, who am I becoming through this? And, um, and asking him, uh, God, how, how do I become that person that you've called me to? And oftentimes too, what we'll do is we'll maybe take over the process, right? And be like, oh, okay, that's where I'm going. Great. I got it from here. But instead we want to lean into the process and say, okay, God, if this is who I'm becoming through these circumstances, um, continue to shape me. I'm going to partner with you in this and I'm going to allow you to shape my heart. I won't prep push against it. You know, I'm not going to, um, fight against spending time with you. I'm not going to fight against all the restrictions. I'm going to say, okay, this is what it is. God, you're doing this to do something inside of me. I'm going to let you do it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the sooner we get there, the, the less painful the process can be. Totally. Yeah. And does that answer your question? It does. Okay. How about you personally though? Do you have any yeah. things he's doing? So, so personally, I feel like, um, yeah, personally, I feel like, again, it's that opportunity to, um, to press in. I feel like there's some, some callings he's told me about. I don't know if anyone else, I'm sure there's other listeners that are like, you know, maybe God's spoken something to their heart or someone else has said something about their life. They've gotten a word or whatever. Um, and it just seems too big for them. Like, God, I don't know how to do that. And that's probably a good place to be. That's you know, maybe how you know it's God that you can't get there on your own or see how, how you can get there. And so um, I feel like for me, this has been an opportunity to press into some of those things. And how do I, um, how do I become the leader that God has called me to be? How do I become um, someone who uh, believes what God says about me? And how, you know, how do I partner with those things? And, um, and then just spending time doing it. Um, you know, taking, taking risks. One of the things that I felt like he said was to offer this online course that usually costs, I don't know, like 150 bucks, offer it for free, just, just to love people and bless people. I'm like, great. And I got this huge response from it. And I was like, wow, God, that's amazing. Like, thanks. Thanks for <laughs> that idea. I, you know, usually I'm thinking, okay, how do, how do I make my business work? How do I get this ahead? And he's like, just offer it for free and I'll bless you through it. And he has. And, and so it's just, um, yeah, taking those risks with him too. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool to, uh, 
I think it's easy to get overwhelmed and, and everything and miss the opportunity that God may be giving. And, uh, and I think, yeah, I think we've already been at this for a month. And so I, I think uh, we're starting for some of us are starting to get more into that routine. Right. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, really like the hope is that for, for us and for the people that are listening, yeah, we really just continue to ask God, what are you, what are you engaging with me or how do you want me to engage with you in this season? Like, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. You know, like for some people, there might be a little bit of a pause, but for other people, there's an acceleration, right? Absolutely. Um, it's just partnering with God and really moving forward as he leads. Well, and I think in that it's being comfortable with what God's called you to do, right? Because we get in this danger of comparison. Like I've talked to some people and they're like, ah, oh, I, I should be doing more. Like I want to be accomplishing more, but what they've gone through in life, like they really just need a pause. Like I know someone who is... Yeah typically very productive. And what he felt like God said was, you know what, you can sit this one out. I just want you to get healthy so that you're, you're healthy for what I have for you next. And, And he had to be okay with that, that, okay, God, you're just telling me to take a pause where I see other people doing things and I think I should be doing more. It's no, it's okay. Because that's what you've told me to do. Yeah, that's so good. Awesome. Um, so yeah, so today we're, we're talking a little bit about hearing God's voice. That's, uh, that's what I wanted to bring you on to discuss, like, uh, as you're aware, and as the listeners are aware, the heart of this podcast is to look at different spiritual practices, prayer, scripture, and um, worship. And under the prayer umbrella is the whole idea of the fact that prayer isn't just a one-way conversation. It's not just me talking to God. It's us taking time to hear from him. And um, yeah, before we get Chris to hop in, I'm going to just share a little testimony from my time with Chris. Uh, Chris has served as a life coach um, for me for a little while. And he, um, he kind of has been a big part in a huge part of my story, which was weight loss. And um, I actually was about three or four years ago, I was over 300 pounds and I was not in a healthy place. I had a very, very strong addiction to food um, to the point where I would be going out to McDonald's after a meal because I was still hungry, like things like that. And um, one of the things that we're going to talk about today is that it's God's voice that helps us to break out of some of the negative patterns that we have in our life and addictions and things like that. It's, it's not, we can't just change ourselves by trying harder and by thinking harder about things. And for so long, I would just try harder and think more, or I try a new strategy, I try a new thing, and nothing was working in my weight loss. And, and, um, and then I got really intentional with a physical trainer, and I was able to start losing some weight. Um, but again, I hit a wall eventually, because I still needed to hear God speak to me about, about this area of my life. And, um, and so through coaching with Chris, one of the things that that we do is try to help identify how our desires are being met outside of God. God put desires in us and they're good and um, they're from him. But sin is when we seek to find our desires filled outside of Christ. And, uh, and I realized again, through coaching with Chris, through hearing God's voice, that my desire for comfort and my desire for joy, I was finding that in food and I wasn't finding that in Jesus. And that's, I became so obsessed with food because these core desires that God had given me were being satisfied by food. And, um, and so through coaching and through, again, through hearing God's voice, um, Chris helped me um, start to pray a prayer that would reframe my desires. And so every time that I ate for a season, I would pray, God, thank you that you are the one who gives me comfort. You are the one who gives me joy. Help me to eat this food as an act of worship because of what you've given me and how you satisfy those desires in me. And honestly, like my addiction to food broke. And a lot of it had to do with hearing God's voice. It had to do 
with um, with walking with somebody who helped me ask the right questions of Jesus. And Chris is going to talk about that too. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to share that at the outset to, to just kind of whet your appetites of uh, what today is about and what this interview will hopefully help bring to light that there's some real transformation that can happen when we start to engage with hearing God's voice. Um, it's not just, um, yeah, it's not just this like super spiritual thing where only, you know, super Christians can do like this is for everybody. We can all hear from Jesus. Um, TJ talked about this uh, in his podcast, you know, like he, it, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. It's part of who we are as Jesus' followers. And so uh, with that, um, yeah, with that bit of introduction, um, yeah, Chris, I, I want to pose that question back to you. Um, the, the question of can everyone hear God's voice? What's your reasoning for how you answer that question? Uh, yeah, I would say everyone can hear God's voice and that um, as Christians, uh, regardless of your background, your denominational beliefs, whatever, uh, you have heard his voice because uh, in order for you to respond, to actually invite him into your heart, you would have had to hear his voice and respond and say, yes, I'm saying yes to you, Jesus, to invite you in. So even if you haven't recognized it since that point, we've all at least heard him then. Um, but even for non-Christians, um, I have stories of, of um, having non-Christians ask Jesus questions, and he says some pretty amazing stuff to them that's right in alignment with scripture, and, and they don't know the Bible because they're not, they're not believers. And they say things like, you know, that's really weird. I would have never expected God to say something like that to me because they have a perception of maybe who he is. Um, but when you ask and you're actually asking Jesus to speak to your heart, he, he's excited to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, so yeah, I think one of the biggest objections that people have with hearing God's voice uh, is, is that question of how do I know that this is truly from God? How do I know that it's not just my thoughts? How do I know that when I'm approaching God to hear his voice, that it's not um, Satan or the enemy? Um, mm -hmm. What would you say to someone who, who may, maybe not engaging with God through hearing his voice just because they don't know how to discern if he's speaking or not? Yeah. So, so that's a really good question. Like how, and, and um, you know, I ask this in workshops often I've asked it to lots of different audiences that that big question that most Christians have is like, is this you God or is it just me? Right. Am I making this up? And so if that's such a huge question, uh, it should probably be addressed somewhere in the new Testament. Right. And so um, you, I know that you, Donovan, are like a mat. You have your master's in theology. I think, I think I overheard you talking one time, actually, without me knowing I was listening. That you actually memorized the book of John. Is that right? No, I have not. Oh, okay. Else, that sounds amazing, though. Okay. I've memorized a lot of scriptures, but not an entire book. No, yet. not entire. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> then never mind. But you, you've memorized a lot of scriptures. You have your master's in theology. Where, where in the New Testament can you think of where it talks about? Um, differentiating between the voice of God and the voice of our own hearts. I, yeah, I don't, there's nowhere that really says that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't, I haven't been able to find it either. There's lots of verses that talk about the difference between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy, um, but not the difference between the voice of God and the voice of our own hearts. And so um, the example I often use is uh, when my when my daughter, my first daughter was born, you know, before each of my kids was born, I used to read scripture over them, like while they were in the womb. And um, it wasn't, 
it wasn't meant as like a, a super spiritual thing, if I'm honest. It was just because if I was going to talk about my day, um, that would only last like a minute. And, and so I wanted them to, to actually recognize my voice when, when they were born. And so um, for my first daughter, mm -hmm. uh, we were at the hospital. She's born. And they take her to um, kind of clean her up, weigh her, measure her, right? Take her over to the table. And, um, and so my wife is there. And she's just had a baby and now my brand new daughter is over somewhere else and she's crying and I'm a new dad. I'm like, what do I do? And so my wife's like, you know, go, go be with the baby. And so I go up to her and I didn't touch her, um, but I just got down beside her and I said, Daniela, Daniela, daddy's here. Mm. And she opened her eyes and she looks up at me mm. and she recognized my voice. And, you know, I thought about that later and how it relates to us hearing from God. You know, what if God's voice is actually not this strange, unfamiliar thing that we have never heard? What if it's actually the most familiar voice we've ever heard because he's been speaking to us our entire life? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I think we have this, this big debate and what the scripture says, kind of what you talked about before, what it does say is... Um, my sheep hear my voice. Jesus actually believes that we hear him. And so, um, one, it's important to believe that we're actually hearing him, that what the scripture says is, is true. That's a really important thing. So another thing that's really important in hearing his voice is, is knowing your Bible and knowing who God reveals himself to be in the Bible. You know, in the, in the Bible, we can pick and choose little verses and take them out of context. And, and often we get um, confused about who God is, but you need to look at the whole context of scripture and who does he reveal himself to be mm -hmm. and so um another really good thing uh you know because i've had people come to me before wanting to learn to hear his voice and they're like i'm a new christian i just don't know my bible that well yet fair does that mean you can't hear god's voice <laughs> not at all so another really good thing as you're learning to discern and hear god's voice and i did this with someone in my life is um journal what you're hearing and submit it to them and get some feedback. And so when you're looking for someone to do that, um, you know, you want to talk to someone who, who feels comfortable in their relationship with God, that they're hearing his voice. But a good thing to look for is not necessarily, you know, are they, are they a pastor necessarily, or, you know, do they have some title? Um, but I think what's really good to look at is, are they bearing fruit? And the fruit of the spirit is a really good indicator, right? Is there love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Um, because if they're bearing fruit and the fruit of the spirit, it means that they're walking in relationship with the spirit. And that's how God speaks to us. He speaks to us through Holy Spirit. And so if they're bearing that fruit, it's like, okay, there's evidence there that, that they're hearing God and that they're walking in relationship with him. So that's someone I want to, if I'm just learning how to do this, I'm going to submit myself to them and be open to feedback because maybe not everything I am getting is from God, or maybe what I'm hearing or feel like I'm hearing isn't actually in alignment with scripture. You know, God is all, he, he might not tell you something that you can find word for word in the Bible, but he's yeah. always going to speak to you in alignment with his word. If you're hearing something that's different from what, who he reveals himself to be in the Bible, mm -hmm. then you can just kick that out right away. Totally. Yeah. yeah I think, um, yeah, before we keep going, one of the, the only passages that I can think of that you asked me about earlier okay is romans 7. Mm -hmm. this uh it's an interesting passage because romans 7 mm. talks about how um basically starting at verse 21 i find to be a law 
that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind, making me a captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. And so I, again, I'm, I'm not, I don't think we need to have an argument because you and I are on the same page, but I think there may be some people that are thinking of Romans 7 as maybe this is the, you know, there's something evil inside of me that potentially could be clouding or making it impossible for me to hear from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just curious what you would what you would say to that, and then I might have a few thoughts as well. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, my thoughts are again, it's important to to look at it in the overall context, right? What is the context of Romans seven, and what is what's the what's the context of the book of Romans, and what is Paul trying to communicate? Mm-hmm. And um, my understanding, anyways, of Romans seven is Paul's talking about what his life was like under the law, because it's like, okay, I know I'm trying to do this myself and I know the good I'm supposed to do, but I can't, I can't do it. Right. I keep trying. And we've all experienced this where it's like, I know that I'm supposed to change something. I know I'm not supposed to do this, this evil thing. Right. But no matter how hard I work at it, no matter how hard I try, I can't change it. And so we have this shared experience with Paul where it's like, ah, see, Paul struggled with that too. But then we don't relate it to what it says at the beginning of Romans 8, where it says, you know, there is now therefore no condemnation in Christ. And Paul goes on to talk about what life is like in the spirit and what what life is like when you become this new creation in Christ. So, so those are my thoughts. But you, you add well, your that, that's exactly what I would have said, I think, because the uh, I know we you asked that same question at a retreat that you have participated with. And somebody came up to me afterwards and was talking about Romans 7 as as one of the ways that that they, um, yeah, that they had, it just came to their mind. They weren't disagreeing with you, but they were like, well, Romans 7 could be and kind of similar to what I just did with you. I kind of wanted to hear the answer off the top of your head, though, which is why I started. Right. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, yeah, I think Romans 7 is, is not the reality that we're under anymore. And I think as long as we remain in the flesh and as long as we remain apart from the spirit, then we will be stuck in the things that we can't, you know, we will be stuck in our sin. We will be stuck in those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there is still constantly a battle going on in us. And, and as we'll see, like when we talk about things like desires in a little while, we'll see that we're constantly, there is a war being waged, but when we live by the spirit, we, we realize that the victory is his, that we don't need to live in um, bondage to our old selves. Um, Galatians talks about how we're crucified with Christ, which means that our old man has literally been crucified. And so when we allow ourselves to be slaves to sin, we're actually resurrecting our crucified selves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's a level of, when I think about hearing God's voice and, and differentiating my voice with his, again, as we become, yeah, as we become, I think, uh, as we grow into Christ's likeness, I think we, we learn to recognize his voice even more clearly. Um, Absolutely. And I think, is it, is it in Romans 6 as well? where he talks about um, the law, um, he says, is the law sinful? By no means. Like, I wouldn't know what it meant not to covet if the if the law didn't say not to covet. Is that in Romans 6? I think so, yes. Yeah, yeah. earlier on, I think, right? And yeah. and um, the way I've understood that is that, you know, if I say, uh, well, you, you shared a little bit your, your struggle in the past with addiction yeah. to food, right? If I right. say, hey, Donovan, uh, don't think about going to McDonald's after this. Just don't think about going and enjoying a Big Mac, you know, two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun, right? Do just do, whatever you do. Don't think about that. What are you thinking about? 
<laughs> a Big Mac. Right. That's all you're thinking about. And that's what Paul's saying, right? Because the law was like, don't do this, don't do this. And so it's like, okay. Yeah. And, and we experience that in our own life, right? Where it's like, don't sin, don't sin. Okay, I'm not, you know what? I've, I've been struggling with porn. I'm not, okay, don't think about that. I'm not going to look at a woman lustfully. I'm not going to do it. But then that becomes all you think about. But you see throughout the New Testament, Paul writes all of these but rather statements, right? But rather, whatever is true, whatever is noble, if anything, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things, right? And so if I say to you, okay, so instead, think about going to Dairy Queen and getting a nice, cool Oreo blizzard and think about, you know, the crunch of the cookie and the sweetness of the ice cream. What are you thinking about instead? That blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry to tempt you. It's just my example. But, <laughs> but, but, um, you know, relating that to talking about God's voice, if all we're thinking about is, okay, um, I can't think about this. I got, I can't do it. I, I got to get it right instead of, but rather, uh, or, and he doesn't speak to me. I don't know what it, his voice is going to sound like. Well, our result is going to be that I can't hear his voice and I don't know what it sounds like. If instead I came into alignment with what the Bible says, what Jesus says, mm -hmm. that my sheep hear my voice. Well, it's like, okay, that that's, I, I'm actually believing that I can hear his voice. And it's, it's empowering and it shifts things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, this wasn't one of the questions that I sent you in advance, but I think it's important that we wrestle with this a little bit. What, sure. what, are, some of the, what are some of the ways that God speaks? Uh, I think a huge, huge way um, is obviously through the Bible. And we've, I think we've all um, experienced that uh, as believers where you're, you're reading something and like there's a verse that just leaps out of, out of the page at you. And, you know, you could have read it a dozen times before, but today it just like, it speaks. There's something in my heart that connects. And that's, I think, Holy Spirit talking to us like, Hey, th this is for you today. Um, so a huge, huge way is, um, is through the Bible. Uh, another way is through people. God, like I've had looking back um, at my life. Uh, well, lots of times that Christians have spoken good stuff, but actually lots of times where non-Christians have spoken stuff of, words of God that, that it was like, Hey, I'm, you know, looking back, God was saying, Chris, I'm trying to get your attention on this thing. Um, and I just dismissed it because like, they're not Christian. I was working in the oil field and it's like, ah, oh, he's just a rig worker, whatever. And I just wouldn't, didn't want to listen to it. Um, yeah. so he speaks to us through other people. Um, he speaks through us to us through circumstance. There's, um, lots of times where, you know, he puts us in a situation or we go through and experience something and he speaks to us through circumstance. And then um, he also speaks to us directly, where it's just like, um, we talked about that, that idea where, you know, a thought comes to mind, you get a picture, you get a feeling. Um, he, so he speaks to our hearts directly like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, it's, and I think too, there's, a, yeah, I think there's a few, we can't get into all of the ways he speaks today, but I also think of like, there are seasons or, you know, like, it's hard to say when someone claims they've heard the audible voice of God, you know, how that happens. But I believe that God can still speak audibly. I think it's pretty rare. Um, in my life, it's, I can probably say one time that I think I've heard. Wow. Um, but the, the other times would be, I think God also speaks through, like you'd said, our circumstances. But I know this, this might get a little weird, but there's some people that kind of God speaks to through things like numbers, like they'll be seeing oh, yeah, sure. numbers all over the place and they'll, it'll like tie things together or you'll have some people that God speaks to um, through uh, like, even I have a friend who 
who um, he, he kind of just, God speaks to him in such strange ways. So he'll like, he'll notice things like deer or like bears. Yeah. And, and yeah. like, and it's interesting how throughout the Bible, there's so much ama amazing symbolism. And the more you understand the symbolism in the Bible, you can actually see like God still speaks in similar ways now than he did. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. but part of that is, again, not to, I'm not trying to sound weird, but it's just God speaks in so many different ways. And mm -hmm. like said, Chris, I think it's not, it's not um, if we've heard God's voice, it's just learning to tune ourselves into how God might be speaking to us. Right. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I agree. There, there's, you're right. So many ways through art, through, through music, through secular music sometimes, right? Through all, uh, yeah, through all sorts of stuff. Um, but I think when you get to know um, who he is, who he reveals himself to be in scripture, and, um, you know, this might be a controversial statement, but I, I think it's true anyways, that the Bible doesn't contain God. The Bible reveals God, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's that this book was written. He's not going to be anything different than who he reveals himself to be in the scripture. Mm -hmm. um, but he's not limited to everything that's on the page. Mm -hmm. And so when you get to know who he is as a person, you're right. You start to see him all sorts of places. And I love that verse where it talks about um, every good and perfect gift is from above. And so it's like, when you start just I feel like recognizing his goodness in things, recognizing when something good comes into your life, it's like, wow, Jesus, thank you for that. And you're acknowledging him. Um, you start to recognize him in all of these different places. It's good. Oh, it's so good. Mm -hmm. um, so that you, that kind of is a perfect segue to the next question of what what are some of the other scriptures maybe that we haven't touched on yet today or what, what other uh, scriptures come to your mind is that have helped shape your understanding of how God speaks? Obviously you've already spoken to scriptures that reveal who God is. Mm -hmm. and you've already spoken to, um, you know, my sheep hear my voice, but what are some other ones that may be helpful? For us? Yeah. So, so I guess it's less so scriptures on how he speaks and, and more so scriptures on, um, like when, when I hear something, when I feel like, you know, I get this thought in my head, is this God or is it just me? Would that be helpful? Is that okay? Yeah. 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 And so um, I love, I love what Tozer says, where he says what comes to our, into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Mm -hmm. um, that really shapes, I think, um, what we hear about God. If we, if we believe he's going to be judgmental and just wanting to, um, you know, just waiting for us to screw up so he can slam the hammer down and condemn us. Um, it's going to be really hard to hear from him, right? If we think, hey, he's he's far away and distant, um, it's going to be hard to hear, hard for us to hear from him. Um, you know, there's scriptures like um, we have a friend that sticks closer to, uh, closer than a brother. Okay, well that that tells me something about God's heart. Um, a big one for me is um, I kind of combined, and I, I know lots of people have done this, but First John four, where it talks about how God is love, and then the love chapter in First Corinthians thirteen. Mm -hmm. And so um, instead of love is patient, love is kind. It's God is patient. God is kind. He doesn't envy. He doesn't boast. He isn't proud. He isn't rude. He isn't self-seeking. Mm -hmm. God keeps no record of wrongs. And so it's like, okay, well, that, that really shapes how I see God. And, and when I hear something, because oftentimes I'll have people ask Jesus a question, um, uh, you know, or we're practicing hearing from God and they hear something and it sounds too good to be true. 
and because they have a belief, they have this thought of who God is. And, um, and I say, okay, well, tell me, what did he say? And they say this thing and they're like, yeah, no, he could like, um, I'm trying to think the other day I was coaching someone and, um, they're, they're really caught up on accomplishment. Like they're, you know, they're, they're in the COVID crisis. They can't do anything. They want to, um, be working and doing stuff and like, okay, I just got to get back to work. And so we asked a question. So Jesus, um, even before I do anything in the morning, how are you already proud of me? <laughs> and she's like, she's like, I have a really tough time believing that God can be proud of me before I do anything. Like, Oh, interesting. And, and, and so we talked a bit about it, right? We talked a bit about scripture, like, you know, um, while we were still sinners, he died for us. You didn't do anything. He, he did it all for you. Like there's scripture that can back it up. And so finally she got to asking those questions and it touched her heart to hear how God said, you know, he was proud of her just because she's his daughter. She didn't have to earn his love and affection that um, he just gives it because of who she is, not what she's done. Totally. Yeah. yeah that's so good. And, and uh, just want to add one out of John 17, uh, Jesus' prayer for his church before he goes mm -hmm. to the cross. Uh, Father, I desire that they would be with me where I am. Uh, and right before that, he prays, the glory that you have given me, I have given them. This is us. That we would be one as the Trinity is one. I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one. So that the world mm -hmm. would set me and love them, even as you love me. It's this whole idea of like oneness and relationship. Like hearing his voice is like so crucial to that oneness. Like it's not, it's not just a one-way conversation. It's both. I had a, a guy, a mentor, we we're talking about this and he was saying, um, you know, oftentimes we think God's nature is love, but that's not his nature. That, that is who he is. He God, like, like we said in first, in first John four, that's the substance of who he is. He is love, but his nature is relationship. Everything is done in relationship with father, son, and Holy spirit. And, um, the beautiful, the beautiful thing is, is that we're invited right into the middle of that okay. right and so when we become sons and daughters you know it's 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 the good news it's the gospel that we get to be right in the midst of that love mm -hmm. and um and so when G, when father looks at us he's not looking at us in all our sin and brokenness he's looking at us through the lens of jesus good and um and because we're seated with him in heavenly places well we can hear father speak we can hear jesus speak just as well as uh, as Jesus can, you know. I like. I, I heard an example too um, uh, from a pastor one time, and I've tried it with my own kids. When you know, you come home, and if I if I yell and I say, "Hey, Drew, get over here," he's like, "Ah," and he'll run away, right, and think we're playing a game or something. But he'll run away. But if I come in and I'm like, "Hey, hey, Drew, hey, Drew," and I whisper, what happens? He comes close to me, right, and and if I I have something to tell you. And I just whisper, he's going to come right up and sit in my knee and let me whisper to him. Mm. And I think that's often why God speaks in whispers. You know, we talk, sometimes you hear that still small voice mm. um, because talking with God is a position of intimacy with yeah. him and it comes in relationship. And that's what he's drawing us into is this intimate relationship with him. It's good. Uh, mm. Cool. Yeah. So how do we, how do we foster this? How do we grow in hearing God's voice? Yeah, I think, um, well, a few things. One, just just do it. Talk to him. Um, 
you know, in, uh, you've been through kind of some of my workshops that I do and stuff like that. One of the things I think often when we're talking to God um, and asking him questions, we're often talking about um, business things, right? What should I do? Where should I go? And it comes from almost this heart posture of, I want to do something great for God, or I need to achieve, I, I need to earn something here, right? Um, as opposed to asking in relationship, um, kind of in some of the, the stuff that I do and workshops that I teach, we have five principles we talk about. We talk about to ask in faith for desire fulfilled in relationship by a rhema from a good God. Would that be helpful to talk through a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So to ask in faith means, first of all, um, asking faith means I, I'm believing that he's actually going to speak. When I ask him a question, that whole thing, my sheep hear my voice. Asking in faith also means that it's in alignment with scripture. You know, I'm not going to ask Jesus, do you love me? Because I already know the Bible says that he loves me. So I'm going to ask Jesus, what do you love about me? How do you love me today? That kind of thing. So I'm asking in alignment with scripture to ask mm -hmm. in faith. Um, for desire fulfilled, this is like those core motivators in life, those things that draw us to him, things like love, justice, peace, recognition. I'm asking him for one of those heart things because I want to connect my heart with him. Um, in relationship means I'm in that lover relationship. You know, the two relationships that God talks most about us having with him are that of a father and child or the bride. And so how, how does a father relate to his child and how, and I, I think often, how do I relate to my bride? How do I, um, uh, speak so that, you know, it, it fosters relationship and intimacy and so that we fall deeper in love together. That's how, that's how I want to talk to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, by a rhema, rhema is a Greek word found in the new Testament. Um, there's two words for the, for the word word in the new Testament. There's logos and rhema. Logos is like the rational, the written word of God. And rhema is the experiential spoken word of God. So like, um, when Jesus says, uh, when he's tempted, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, it says rhema there. Or um, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, that's rhema. And so we're asking for him to speak something to my heart right now. Um, and from a good God, well, he's good. He wants, he's in relationship with you. He wants to, to speak mm -hmm. to your heart. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so when I'm asking him questions like that, he is more than willing to speak. Um, uh, another way I think in growing is, is journaling. So we talked about as you're, as you're uh, writing. Um, when I was first learning this, I listened to a guy named Mark Berkler. Have you ever heard of him? No, I have. Yeah. And he, he has a book called the four, uh, the four keys to hearing God's voice. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of his things is uh, yeah, journaling and just writing out what you feel like you're hearing. And, and then he's the one where I heard, you know, submit that journal to someone else to, to listen to uh, or to read through and, and make sure you're on track. Um, and so that's a really good way to grow is to, is to continue to submit that to someone else that can, can help you discern and challenge and, and do it in community. You know, Jesus says, where two or more are gathered, I'm here with you. I've really seen that to be true where, you know, we get together in groups and ask him questions. It's almost like you can hear him more clearly in, in a group than if you're just doing it on your own. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I think too, like the, I know for me, one of the ways that I've really helped in growing and hearing his voice is just by memorizing scriptures. Yeah. What I find is that if I'm praying for somebody or if I am seeking discernment in something, I'll just go to God and 
and I'll, and I'll ask, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pray those kind of prayers and ask them questions. And oftentimes it's a verse that pops into my mind. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, like one example is I was praying for a lady and, and we were praying for, for her just going through a really tough time in her marriage. And, and the Lord literally just gave Psalm 23 to me. And so I, I spoke it out over her and, and nothing like perfect, nothing on top of it, just purely Psalm 23. And she said afterwards, she's like, that was exactly what I needed in that moment. And yeah. so it's really, it's cool. Cause not only is it, yeah, not only does God, yeah, he can speak and he can kind of extrapolate after he gives us a verse or something. Um, but the reality is sometimes that as we have it going through our minds and thinking about the scriptures throughout the day, I think that helps us tune in a little bit. Um, the, other uh -huh. thing I, the other thing I know you speak of, of uh, Chris, is, is kind of trusting the first thing you hear. Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, in the workshops, courses, and stuff that we do, um, I usually only give people kind of 30 to 60 seconds, or if I'm coaching them, that 30 to 60 seconds. And I, and I kind of say, you know, we're going to ask Jesus a simple question, and whatever you hear, see, or sense, the first thing that pops to mind, let's, let's go with it, and we'll worry about evaluating it later. And the reason we do that is because um, oftentimes we get like this analysis paralysis where it's like, I got this thing, but ugh, no, like we asked that question we talked about before. I just made it up. It's just in my head or God, God wouldn't say that about me because I know that I'm a, I'm a sinner and he wouldn't say how great I am because, you know, I messed up already. And so um, we give permission to say, okay, like just put those doubts aside just go with the first thing that you hear. And that's what, that's where, you know, something like journaling and having someone evaluate it comes in really handy because, okay, I have the freedom to just write this and then, okay, now I can go back and evaluate it because again, what he speaks is going to be in alignment with who he's revealed himself to be in scripture. Um, but if, if we, if we, um, you know, hear something or, or feel like we get something in our head and then worry about analyzing it, then it goes away and we've doubted. And um, in James, it talks about uh, being double-minded, right? Uh, and how a double-minded man isn't going to receive anything. And so when we, when we ask and then we doubt right away, it's mm -hmm. like being double-minded. Mm -hmm. for, for instance, well, think about Thomas, right? Um, was Thomas, would you say Thomas was double-minded? I don't think he wanted to be, but he might have been. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would... And I would, um, I would disagree with that because he asked Jesus for something specific. He said, until I see the, the, you know, the nail prints in his hands and still I put my hand in his side, I'm yeah. not going to believe that he rose from the dead. He asked God and he was single-minded in asking him, hey, until I see this, I'm not going to believe. Now, remember, all of the other apostles and disciples had seen that, right? He wasn't asking for anything different. They had already seen it. They were just telling, telling him, you, you should believe this just because we've told you. And he's like, no, no, no. I want that. I want what you had. And, and he got it because he was, he was single-minded uh, in, in what he was asking God for. Yes. And so I think the same thing applies when we're hearing his voice. If we're single-minded, okay, I'm asking you a question, Jesus. I'm believing that you're going to speak to me. Um, and and just go for it um you're gonna you're gonna find out that he's actually been speaking to you a lot more than you realize totally and i think too there's a level of our own intellect that can get in the way when we overthink if it's god or not totally. uh, and i know again it's it i think a lot in how i hear god's voice for others because it's just easier for me to to apply it but it's that sense of you know you're praying for someone you ask god for something that'll help help them and 
he speaks and then all of a sudden you start to intellectualize it. Well, how can that make any sense? What does that actually mean? And you start to think like, he gives you this weird picture or something like that. Like one time I got a picture of a rose for a girl and I was, I was trying to analyze it and get intellectual about it. I was like, okay, hey, Lord, what, like, what about this rose? Is this a special rose? Is it? And then I literally, I just, it became so intellectual. And, uh, and so I was like, well, I don't know why, but the Lord gave me a picture of a rose. That's all. And, uh, and she just breaks down. I'm like, what? And afterwards she's like, that was so meaningful to me because my middle name is Rose. And she said, I've wow. never felt like I was known by God as much as I did in that moment. So I'm like, <laughs> wow. like, here I am, like trying to intellectualize it and think past the first thing, right? Um, yep. God is so good because he, he didn't let me mess it up, first of all. <laughs> but second of all, like he, yeah, it's often, oftentimes what can happen is, and, and you talk about this in your courses, is we move from our emotional brain which is what we can receive right away to our rational brain we try to make sense of it or yeah. think it but oftentimes it's just trusting right away um but yeah one of the things we've, we've chatted about uh, and this is kind of how i want to wrap up the conversation is mm-hmm. hearing god's voice actually i believe enables us to to be transformed and um, absolutely and so i just want to let's just get really practical how how or why do you believe that hearing god's voice can transform us well, um, it's, it's the difference between, like you talked about, the rational and emotional brain. Like, for instance, um, in your example that you gave kind of at the beginning of our interview about food, mm-hmm. could anyone have told you, hey, Donovan, um, Jesus really needs to be the source of your comfort and joy? And, or, he, or he is. Like, don't you know that? And you would say, what? Yeah, I know that, right? In my head that he's the source of my comfort and joy. And I can remember, I remember that conversation where you came in uh, to the office, like for a coaching appointment and you're just kind of distraught, like, Chris, I don't know what happened. Like I, I was, I was in a meeting and it was really stressful. And then before I knew it, I think you said I was at Burger King having a Whopper. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and like, okay, let's, let's dive into this. And, and Jesus talked about, as we asked him questions, how he was the source of your comfort and joy. And it, how, what sort of difference did that make in your life when he told you that? Well, it showed me the, like, first of all, it showed me the, like, just, it reminded me of how good he is and how much better he is than anything else, right? Like, I, I was, the, the reality is I couldn't satisfy my desire for comfort and joy outside of him. And and so him reminding me of how he gives those things to me and that he is those things to me. Um, yeah, it really, it kind of reframed my perspective on food in a lot of ways. It, it just, it kind of showed me just how, um, what's the word? It showed me how like, I will never be satisfied by, you know, the food. Like it'll, I'll just, it just keeps, keeps on keeping me hungry if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, but I, you know, we could have spent that time. I could have given you all a whole bunch of Bible verses, given you great advice on different things you could do, but none of those things would have penetrated your heart. Right. And so that's why it's so key um, to hearing his voice in my own life. I can think, well, do you want to, do you want a a nice story for your podcast or do you want like a a real more adult story for your podcast? (laughs) (laughs) let's do real let's do real the real one yeah so so what happened in my life in hearing god's voice is um 
kind of the, the, the little bit of backstory is um, my dad. I, I love my dad. I have an awesome dad. Um, but my dad, like he loves to work out and eat healthy. And seriously, and you met my dad, right, Donovan? Yeah, my dad, my dad looks like Captain America if Captain America was in his 60s. Like he is, he's six foot two, he's like 200 pounds and like 5% body fat. Like he just loves the gym, like he just, just loves it. And so for my whole life growing up, everyone's like, wow, dad, or wow, Chris, your dad's really in shape, he's really fit, you know? And, and so this belief started to develop in my heart. He, my dad never said this, no one ever said it to me, but this belief started to, de to develop in my heart that for me to be accepted, for me to get love and acceptance, I need to look like that. And so what happened as a result was, um, you know, working out was really hard for me, to, you know, eating healthy was difficult. And what ended up happening was I went away for a week um, to, this was when I was in school in California, came back. And, um, and when I came back, uh, like we had my parents staying with us, my brother had come to visit. And of course, being away for a week from my family, from my wife, what, what did I want when I came back? I wanted to have sex with my wife. That's what I wanted. That's the, there's your adult part in the podcast. <laughs> and, and so I'm trying, I'm trying to initiate things with my wife. And she's like, no, Chris, like it's not happening. Like your brother's sleeping in the living room. We can hear him rolling over. Like it's not happening. I'm like, no, 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 it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Like, don't worry about it. And she's like, no. And so I went to sleep, but I slept for like an hour and was just tossing and turning and so angry. And like, so I got up and went in the bathroom and was like journaling on my phone for probably like an hour, just angry with God. Like I went to serve you for a week. I went and did this incredible thing. And now this, I come home and this is what happens to me. And like, just angry. Right. And, and it came out, there was this belief in my heart that if I, the belief that came out was if I look more like my dad, then my wife is going to want me more. And I was like, Oh, that's a gross belief. Right. And so I was like, okay, Jesus, um, what, what's the truth here? And, and Jesus was like, she's in love with your heart, Chris. She, that's what's attractive to her. And so anyone could have told me that, right. Anyone could have said that. Um, but to hear it from Jesus in that moment, totally shifted things for me. So I was able to go to my wife and have a conversation with her the next day and say, Hey, I'm really sorry that it was my own thing that I was dealing with. It wasn't, it wasn't you, it was actually me. And I found that a lot actually in, is that um, if there's an issue between my wife and I, and I'm blaming her, it's actually probably my fault or, or something in my own heart going on. Um, but as a result of that, because Jesus spoke to me and that belief wasn't there anymore, he said, Hey, Chris, uh, your wife's in love with your heart. And he said, and actually I am too. It shifted things. Like I was able to all of a sudden start working out on a regular basis because, um, because there wasn't this comparison thing anymore. Cause before, whenever I went to the look or to the gym, it was always like, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. No one's coming up to you and saying, wow, you're really in shape. How do I look like you? Which happens to my dad all the time at the gym. <laughs> it doesn't happen to me. Um, but I was just like, okay, I'm here because I want to be fit, um, not because I need, need, you know, to fulfill this false belief. And so it totally shifted things, not only um, fitness-wise and health-wise, but in my relationship with my wife, um, the, our, our sex life ended up getting way better because <laughs> I didn't have this false belief anymore hanging, hanging over me because it wasn't like um, I wasn't trying to, yeah, get my desire for acceptance filled in her first. I already got it from Jesus. And so it was like, hey, if she says no to me, 
that's okay. That happens to every husband, I'm sure. Maybe not in your marriage, Donovan, but <laughs> but in every, in every marriage, right? But it was like, um, I already have my desire for acceptance felt. So it's okay. Like, it's okay. It's not going to, you know, send me for a loop. That's really cool. It, it just seems so... Um... Yeah, I think it's easy for us to, like we said, yeah, get trapped in that, you know, why am I making the decisions that I'm doing? Why am I stuck in the false belief systems that I'm stuck in? How do I actually mm-hmm. break free of these things? And mm-hmm. the problem is we often look to so many other places, other we can do this, but it's, that's where we're truly going to find those desires filled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did you have any, I don't know if you want to, I know that the whole process is quite quite an ordeal, but I'd love it. Do you want to just share briefly, like for somebody that may, may be listening and really like, they may be identifying something right now that like a pattern or a habit or something that they're going through that they can't seem to change. Like what is there, do you have a, a kind of Coles notes process that they can start to uh, engage with Jesus in, in those things? Yeah, sure. So, so we talk about this in, in some of the workshops, we call it drilling down to desire and there's a few steps and, and you can do this on your own. Um, but it's helpful even if you just have someone walk through it with you, like step by step. Um, you know, it took me a few hours, like I said, journaling in the bathroom to come out with something. Whereas when you have someone walking through the steps with you, it might take 10 or 15 minutes. Um, but the first, the first piece is um, to know, okay, what, what, what is that thing? What, what, what is the trigger? And, and um, your emotional brain is very specific. So not like um, I was actually speaking to a guy this morning and he was talking about how he's never appreciated at work. And I, and so I wanted to hone in on, okay, what's a specific time where you felt that way? Because your emotional brain can go back to that moment. So if there's something that you're struggling with or something that you want to change, okay, when was the last time you struggled with that thing or, or tried to change that thing and you couldn't. And so picture that, um, go back to that exact moment. And so then I want you to go back and visualize it, put yourself in that moment. And we've, we've all done this at different times where we think back on our life to different moments and you start to experience the emotion again, right? And so that's what I want. So the first step is um, identi- identify the situation. Second step is to re-experience it. Um, and then I want to know, okay, what are the emotions? Um, because our emotional brain is actually the, the fastest pathway to our heart and fastest pathway to understanding what's going on in our heart. So what's going on? So what emotions are you experiencing? Um, next, um, how, what's your response? If you could respond any way out of that raw place of emotion, how would you respond? And oftentimes we kick back to our rational brain because um, we're like, well, I wouldn't do anything or I would do the nice Christian thing and give them a hug. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I usually say to people, like, if there's, there's no filter, no one's going to call the police, no one's going to say you're a bad Christian or anything like that. No one's going to find out. If you could just respond out of that place of raw emotion, how would you respond? And so they give me a response. I would, <laughs> in the conversation I had today, he was like, I would fight the guy. Awesome. You would fight the guy. And then I asked the desire question, what would that give you? And again, sometimes we can kick back to our rational brain and say, well, I know it wouldn't give me anything. I know it wouldn't do anything. Um, but, uh, if we look and say, okay, well, what's underneath that, if it, just in that moment, in that quick moment of gratification, if you were going to fight the guy, what would it give your heart? Um, there's a desire usually underneath that. Is it, is it worth, is it justice? Is it, um, recognition? What is your heart really looking for? And so when I can get down to, okay, what is that desire? Now I can start to ask Jesus some questions about that. Jesus, how do you want to give me that desire? Um, and, and speak to him about that, you know, in, in, 
I think it's Proverbs 13, 12, if I remember right. It talks about uh, desire fulfilled being a tree of life. And, and so when I can identify what that desire is, that true desire, not, not the thing or outcome in this world, but that true desire, like, you know, that justice, peace, recognition, love, approval, those types of things, and get it met in Jesus, it's going to be a tree of life to my heart. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so good. And it's like, hopefully, as you were doing that, people were thinking through something and feel free to pause mm-hmm. or wind if you want to go through it again. Um, yeah. It's quite a meaningful process to do. And and I don't think we need to overcomplicate it. Like, I think it's really easy once we, once we see, like, maybe, like I said, the desires for me with food was comfort and joy. And so, you know, I had to ask questions like Jesus, what, you know, what, um, you know, what do you enjoy doing with me? You know, I, I asked Jesus, you know, how do you, how, um, what are some ways that you, uh, uh, or, uh, if you see me sitting alone and, and sad, what do you, what do you do? And then I would just picture Jesus coming up to me and, and, and just putting his arm around me and whispering comfort things. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really like, we don't have to overcomplicate it. Um, and I think, but it is amazing how God is able to transform us as we learn to listen to, to his voice. Um, and, and I guess just one more question before we get to kind of the big, the big ending here is, um, what, uh, like how, how do you foster this type of conversational relationship with God throughout the day? Like drilling down to desires and awesome mm-hmm. thing to do, like when we have time to really focus and sit and be with him for a while. But what are some mm-hmm. ways that you try to foster hearing God's voice throughout just your everyday life? Yeah, I think for me anyways, that a, a huge help has been that um, relational idea I talked about a little bit before in um, how does God relate to us? Either as parents to kids or um, we're, we're his bride, right? And so, uh, you know, I don't have a perfect relationship with my kids or with my wife, but I do love them. And so that's helped me think, okay, um, you know, God, God is going to speak in a similar way or, or better, right? For, for sure better than the way I do to my wife and my kids. But um, I'll just share my day with him. Like, you know, I'll have a really good meeting and say, wow, Jesus, that was so cool. That meeting went really well how did you feel about the meeting Mm. and just have a conversation with him or wow, I've had lots where it's like, okay, wow, God, um, that was way over my head and more than I could have ever imagined. Um, thanks for showing up here. Um, how, how did you appreciate or, and, and just say, thanks for showing up. And that can be, that can be the end of it. And he says, great. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> um, you know, I'll, I'll be doing a workshop and I'll just debrief. Like, I thought this went really well. How did you feel like it went, Jesus? And so they're more relational questions um, as opposed to, okay, God, you know, what do I need to do? I, I used to think kind of the epitome of spirituality was um, asking God every single thing, like, okay, God, guide my hands as I button my shirt, guide my foot as I step, guide this fork up to my mouth, you know, all of those types of things. And, and um, it puts this crazy pressure on the relationship. Like if I think, if I, if I thought about having a relationship with my wife that way or her wanting a relationship with me like that or with my kids, it'd be like, this, this is crazy, right? <laughs> like, uh, I would, I would want to run out of it. I would, instead, I want to have that more um, dynamic relationship with them where we can just, just talk. Awesome. Oh, it's so good. Thank you. And thanks for letting us into your story a little bit today. I think there's some, 
I know uh, it's not easy to, to share some of those things and yeah, I really appreciate it. I'm sure that others have been, been blessed through that. Um, but yeah, kind of the big question, the, the finale, I guess, for, for all of our guests, and, and I've been really, I've loved the answers that we've gotten to this question, um, but you, you know it is what, what's one thing that somebody can do today right now to apply what we've been talking about? Yeah, I think a tool that I often recommend to people that's really simple is um, Tony Stoltz, who's the guy I talked about that was a mentor, uh, developed an app. And uh, it's a free app. It's on, you know, the, the um, it's in the App Store, Google Play, whatever. And it's called Questions for Jesus. And so um, the idea with the app is it has like a, a meditation to read. So there's a scripture verse and a little, little blurb on it. And then there's five questions to ask. And the idea isn't to necessarily ask five questions. It's just to ask one question a day. And you can journal right in the app. So you can do some of those things that I talked about where you write it, you can send it to uh, whoever your partner is, and they can help evaluate it. They can also ask Jesus the same question, and, um, and you can hear their, their response, which is really fun because when you do it in groups, you start to learn different new things about God or different, uh, you know, he speaks to different people differently. And it's like, oh, wow, I really like that, what he said, uh, what he said to that person. So I'm going to take it into my relationship. And so, you know, in... 30 seconds to a minute a day, you can totally revolutionize your relationship uh, with God and your prayer life through a, through a simple app. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. well, um, so yeah, before we close, do you, uh, how can people get connected with you or with your ministry? I know you've mentioned your workshops, you've mentioned different seminars that you do. Uh, what's one way that people can connect with you if they'd like to follow up? Yeah, thanks. Great question. Um, probably the easiest way is through my website. So it's www dot stratacoach.com and um, talks about the coaching the workshops all of that stuff the workshops have kind of been postponed right now i'm sure like lots of stuff due to covid but um we'll start them up again um soon uh or you can look me up on on facebook just look up chris frost strata coach and you connect with me can connect with me through that as well cool thank you and thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and i'm sure that many many people will uh yeah hopefully because we put this into practice, we'll see God do some really cool things. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, yeah. Donovan. I appreciate you asking. Awesome. Be blessed. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Chris. What an awesome guy he is and what an awesome way that God's been at work through him and in his life. I really want to encourage you to, um, to, yeah, to do what he said. Download that Questions for Jesus app. The link to that is in the description of this podcast. And uh, yeah, I really encourage you to take some time to... Uh, to seek how to live in and engage with a conversational relationship with God. So let me just pray for you before we wrap up. Jesus, I thank you for each person that's listened to this podcast. And I just pray for an openness to your voice, God. I just pray that you would help us to know your voice above all the other voices. May we hear yours. May we know yours. In Jesus' name, amen.